But what that was, I believe, was the expression of the kingdom of God released into the earth through us. What he wants to do. It's what he came to do to set us free. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at The Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, The Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. see all you guys. Today, Pastor Brian's going to minister to us today. Uh, for, for you guys that are new to the church, I think this is important to say, Pastor Brian and Miss Leah, Miss Leah was sitting over there by him, yeah. Anyways, these guys actually, um, Pastor Brian is from Camden, grew up in Camden. Uh, Leah is from West Virginia, right? They met in Maryland, all right, they, she grew up in both, right? Yes, so her dad was a pastor. These guys met in Louisiana, and uh, we ended up working at a church in North Carolina together. And, and while we were there, I was youth pastor. Pastor Brian had, I think, 13 ministries underneath. Am I right with that? 13. They hired like 50 people to take his place. It was incredible. And uh, <laughs> actual number was three. But anyway, so, um, anyway, so, so 14 years ago, pretty close, 14 years ago, these guys felt compelled to come back home to his home uh, to plant a church in this region. And... Anyway, so I can say, uh, anyway, so today these guys uh, sit as elders in our church, and, and I like personally giving these guys an opportunity. This is, once again, our foundation, right, that we get to come and we get to build on and rejoice with, right? And so we're not doing anything new. We're just continuing what was in their hearts. And uh, anyway, so today I just want you to recognize kind of who they are. We honor them. Uh, it's very important to Jen and I that they, um, you know, maintain a, you know, leadership role here because the the anointing that's on their life, the call that's on their life. So anyways, I'll quit rambling. I just want you guys to know who he is if you're new. Uh, it's a guy that I respect, one, been one of my best friends for many years, and uh, but also a powerful voice in my life. So anyways, he's going to come and preach, and we're going to have fun today. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Good morning. So good to be here, and... Thank you, Pastor Quentin, for sharing all that. And it's one thing to have planted, but the Word says that one plants and another waters, and it's God that gives the increase. So you can plant something, but if somebody doesn't come along to take it to the next place, um, what you've planted can quickly fall by the wayside. And so I'm extremely grateful for... Pastor Quentin and Jen to come and take the church to the next uh, place, the next level, um, from glory to glory, from strength to strength, for it to become everything that God has destined for this church to be in the region. One of the things that we have to be aware of as a believer is that we all have different giftings. We all have different strengths. And oftentimes where we get into trouble is we Um, try to be somebody else, or we try to be somebody else's gift, or we try to accomplish somebody else's uh, ability. And you have to know when to do your part and then to release to let somebody else do theirs. 
So it's been uh, an interesting journey for us. We've worked together in multiple different capacities. This is a role reversal for us in some respects where um, for several years I was over the all of the pastors at um, the church that we were at. So we got used to working together in that capacity. But when we came here, we shifted uh, that role to where he's in charge. He's the pastor here. And um, I am now coming along beside of him, my wife and I, and uh, coming along beside he and Jen to support what God is putting in their heart so that this church can become what it's supposed to be for this next season. So as you are developing and you're gifting and you're absorbing what God is doing and then translating it into your role and responsibility, whether it's in this church or it's in the marketplace, um, be aware that God sends you people to help maybe take your company or to take your family or to take your business or whatever it might be, relationships to another level. And uh, they'll insert information and they'll insert giftings into that environment that um, can help every part of what you're doing become everything that God's destined for it to be. So anyway, like Pastor Quentin said, that's all free. So when you start, uh, one of the things that I'm responsible for when I, or when we bring a message is to give um, a title, you know, a scripture, hopefully some notes, uh, because they have to prepare ahead of time for screens, and, and uh, I didn't have much, uh, <laughs> didn't have anything to give them, and uh, I'm like, you know, not wanting to just admit that I didn't have anything, <laughs> you know, I was like, what about uh, Jesus? And that's really all the answer I had. And as the week went by, I, I, uh, <laughs> I said, I'm in trouble if you don't show up. <laughs> so uh, yesterday, we, yesterday morning, uh, Terry and I worked uh, the morning. And he was like, you know, you're preaching tomorrow, so we ought to get off a little early. So I went home and I was like, okay, Jesus, uh, that's all they got is... is uh, your name, and uh, I got to have something more to say. And uh, so I sat on my bed for about four hours. And at the end of that four hours, I still had Jesus. <laughs> and uh, I got up and wandered around the yard and went and visited my daughter and talked to my son who was doing something. And I just could not still my mind so that I could bring something today. But quite honestly, for a lot of my journey, that's the way it was for me. He just would show up when he needed to show up, and he would give me what I needed in that moment. I envy him, you know, in some respects, because his gifting is different than mine. And he can study for hours and just weave together these amazing sermons that actually make sense all the way through and they develop from week to week and and I feel many times like my messages are just pure chaos I start here and I end up over there and I'm end up in the brush somewhere and I'm I'm not sure how to get out of the brush so I say God bless America and just start over (laughs) just the way it's been I guess we need to get started and bring order 
to this chaos. Amen. So the title is Jesus. I love that song that they sang. It's probably the most, if you go on YouTube and, and Google that uh, or, or search for that song, what a beautiful name it is. It's got like six billion views. Um, amazing song. What a powerful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. We had a pretty chaotic week, actually. We had a building that was built on uh, the sh- at the shop, home with a garage, built on site at our shop, and then we had a foundation somewhere else that we needed to ship it to, and it came apart in six sections, and each section was an overwidth load, and they all had to go to Freeport. If you've ever been on Route One in the summertime, going from this area to Freeport, um, you go through Bath, you go through Wiscasset, then you go through Bath, and then you go through Brunswick, and each one of those places is chaos. So we have these overwidth loads, and it's just been a it was a crazy week. It was a chaotic week in some respects. And the last morning, Friday morning, we had one more part to take. It was the garage, and there really wasn't much structure to it. It was four walls and a couple of cross pieces, and we had to get it from here to there before the boom truck showed up to put it all back together. And I had a board meeting the night before, and so we didn't get it loaded the way we wanted to. Board meeting's fault. (laughs) So that morning was just interesting, to say the least. We had a lot to do in a very short time. And it got chaotic. We, we got it done and we got on the road. And as we're going down the road, Terry's in front of me with the lights going and the signs on the truck and leading the way. And he calls me and he says, how's this one feel? You know, is it wobbly or whatever? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't see a thing. All I see is two walls behind me. And uh, so he said, well, it looks good to me. Let's go. So off we went. And we're driving. Wide loads are interesting to begin with. They're just awkward and you can't see anything and people coming around you and honking and whatever. And, and uh, so I have this tension going on inside of me and I need to settle down. I need to, I need to relax so I can focus and drive. And, and so I just started praying a little bit Sort of praying in tongues, actually. It's what I do when I don't know what else to do. The Bible said you edify yourself. You build yourself up when you, when you pray that way. So I was doing that, and uh, just quietly. And all of a sudden, Jesus showed up. Like he's done a thousand times. When we were building this church, and I didn't know what to do, he'd just show up. And he'd just bring peace. And he would settle settle me down. And I'd get a clearer picture of what needed to take place. And so he showed up. But it's almost like last week you were preaching on the Trinity. And it's like this morning all three of them showed up. And I had all kinds of junk in the truck. It was like there was no room for them. Honestly, there was no room in that truck for anybody. 
And I just had this crazy vision of the Holy Spirit, like going in through all the ductwork and the, and the heater vents. And they just got in there and they filled that truck up. It wasn't like a person. They just were. And they filled it. They filled me. And I started to cry. I remember I'm sitting there bawling and you called me another time. Hey, we got this narrow bridge coming up, Misha, or whatever, something or other. And I'm like, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, boss. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay right attention. And uh, my tears are running down my face. But you know, when God shows up, all of that chaos just comes right into order. Everything that you felt like you couldn't accomplish or you'd done wrong or you couldn't, you know, we're not going to make it on time or, you know, I'm, all of that just settled down and I just kind of sat there and, and we just started to go. And we made it on site. The crane guy was there. I think the crane guy was in the best mood I'd ever seen him in. He's a, he's a Mainer, real Mainer, you know, real Mainer. And uh, I'm not preaching my message yet. So, but my point is, God wants to bring order to the chaos in our lives in real time, every day. I began to look through Genesis, and that's where we're going to start this morning in Genesis chapter 1. Can't get much further back than that, I guess. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, I said, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. When God created humankind, he had a purpose. I I was thinking about this and how that God and all of the undescribable nature of who he is, the magnitude of God. You can't even begin to wrap your head around all of what God is and represents. And and it's just impossible to even visualize. So God, the Trinity, all of it, however it all works, they decided that there's the season of chaos on the planet, on the earth, in the universe, whatever it was, they were done with that. And they begin to call the universe to order. And all of a sudden, things that were not, things that were not in order, at, the, at God just simply speaking, they came into order. All of a sudden, there was air and, and trees and mountains and stuff and fish and whatever. And all of the stuff just began to emerge and our universe became at the spoken word of God. So he created out of this chaos, this amazing and beautiful world, universe that we live in and enjoy today. However, what we live in and enjoy today is just a portion of the beauty and the amazingness that he created out of the chaos at that time. 
Because not long after this chaos came into order, the enemy came in and he stole that plan away from humankind. God created Adam and Eve, breathed into their nostrils the breath of life or Adam in Genesis 2.7 talks about that. It said, and the, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and, and man became a living being. God breathing into his creation and gave them breath and gave them life. Of all the magnitude of who God was, I can just imagine him just stopping, creating all this for his creation. And then he knelt down or whatever he did And he breathed into that creation life and breath. And he caused that creation, Adam, to live. All of us were born into a world filled with chaos. The enemy has brought our world into a place, a reality, that's not what God intended for it to be. And into that environment we have all been born and every one of us has a story of how we were raised and how we interacted with our family with our father with our mother or or maybe not just depending on your situation but we were interacting with one another and we developed over time and where we are right now largely has to do with what God has been doing and up to in our life to this point. I know my life today is nothing like it was when I found him. There were many things that influenced my outcome along the way. Some of them good and some of them bad. I could have become something completely different than what I am today had it not been for Jesus stepping in to my heart and into my life. In Genesis 2.18, I'll try to stay on track. And the Lord, God said, it's not good for man that he should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each and every living creature, that was his name. He gave Adam... And Eve dominion over the earth. He gave them responsibility. He gave them a purpose. And they were to subdue and to take care of and to set order to all that God had created. But for Adam, it says in verse 20, there was not a suitable helper compared to, prepared for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep in verse 21 to fall on Adam and he slept and he took, God took one of his ribs and he closed up the flesh in its place and the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and he brought her into man. And Adam said, for this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and, he, and she shall be called woman because she was taken from man. And so you have this, now this couple, these these two people that are going to start this kingdom journey and they're going to follow God. They're going to do as God desires to the best of their ability. And it's not too much further into this story 
In Genesis chapter 3, it's actually just a few verses. I don't know how many hours it was. I don't know how many weeks or months or whatever. But just a few verses anyway. Now the serpent was more cunning in verse 1 than any beast of the field. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So without going through all of the dynamics of their interaction with the enemy, we all know that eventually they ate the fruit, right? They disobeyed God's design and purpose, and they partnered with the enemy for a while, and it brought chaos, and and chaos was released into the earth. So when you look at that event right there, when they disobeyed God's plan and purpose for their life, and they allowed the enemy to come in like that flood that he did, he brought with him chaos. God's not a God of chaos. The enemy is the master of chaos. He loves chaos. He thrives on chaos. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the the recreated nature of humanity that has given their life to Christ. And when we give our life to Christ... He sheds His light and His love abroad in our heart so that there is a light shining in us because of what Jesus has done. The enemy brings darkness continually. And he's constantly trying to shroud the earth with his chaos. The darkness of his existence. He wants it to spread everywhere. He does not want light and life to be released into the earth. And so he shrouds everything that he can in darkness. He brings lies and temptations like he did here in Genesis. And he tries to mess up the plan of God. He succeeds quite frequently, unfortunately. I'm quite aware that sometimes stuff just happens and it seems chaotic. But I also know that there are times when it's like everything is, is, is chaotic around us. And you know that the enemy's fighting something that's trying to be birthed. In the supernatural, something that's trying to be birthed in the region, something that's trying to be birthed even in this church or in your life or in your influence in the marketplace or wherever it might be. And so I got this picture of this image of, of the enemy just spreading this darkness like thick smoke everywhere. And every time it got good and dark, there would be this light pops up over in the corner. And it would be one of you guys. It'd be one of the body of Christ, universal, and, and, and all out trying to bring darkness again. Nope, and then five more lights over here, and trying to put out this. And he cannot put out the light of God that's spread throughout the universe at this time. It doesn't matter how chaotic it gets in my life. It doesn't matter how long the season is that he tries to shut me down, and and I'm including each and every one of you in this, it does not matter how big of a flood he creates to try to overwhelm us and shield our light from that darkness. The love of God is going to shine abroad out of us, and that darkness is going to be dispelled because that's God's intention through us for all of the world to see. So you're created to carry the light of God into the darkness. There are times when you get into the darkness, you get into the different spots in your life where it seems like you're never going to come out of that dark spot. 
But the truth is, that dark spot is just a moment. It may be a few years where you've, you, most of you have heard my story. The last four years has been a very, very, very difficult season for me. Different from what I have experienced in the past. And I won't go into it because I don't want to get sidetracked. But the, but the point is, the enemy was doing everything that he could to shut my light out. He wanted to convince me that I didn't have an opportunity to influence for the kingdom any longer because I wasn't doing what I was used to doing for so many years. He was reconditioning and reconfiguring me so that I could have an influence in a different way. And he was sending me into a place that I wasn't as accustomed to as I was standing behind this pulpit every week. But the bottom line is, he was sending me. And if he tells you to do something, it may not happen immediately, but eventually he will empower you to do what he's asked you to do with excellence. He will let you shine again. He will turn that light on. And you will be able to share his kingdom to the generation that he sent you to. It may be one. Maybe five, maybe thousands. It doesn't really matter because what matters is that I have come into partnership with one. His name is Jesus. And if I stay connected to him, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter anymore who he sends me to. It doesn't matter to me anymore how large the group is that he sends me to or how small the group. It could be just one. The point is, am I doing what Jesus has asked me to do? And if I'm doing what he's asked me to do, that light is going to shine. And you are going to make a difference. Friday, we had a really amazing day with the Crusty Mainer guy. He can just be an obstinate guy, can't he? He can be difficult. But a, inside, good as gold. Most Crusty Mainers are good as gold once you get past that exterior. But it was like he couldn't be a crusty guy that day. It was like Jesus had showed up in the truck and he's like, no, today's going to be different. And the crusty guy's going to feel it. I believe that because of what took place on our way, God prepared us that when we showed up, the atmosphere had changed. He wasn't accustomed to that atmosphere. He, had, he wasn't accustomed to that atmosphere. It was abnormal, and he, and he was out of sorts. He just had to behave himself that day because <laughs> God required him to. He's like, we had enough chaos this morning. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have the rest of the day. We, we ended up... Ended up getting, uh, you know, burgers for lunch and all just really fun day. And that building went together like perfect, like it was made to go together. It was made to go together, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It doesn't always work that way. So the fall of man was intentional. Not by God, but by the enemy. The enemy intended to bring chaos and destruction. He intended to bring distraction. 
You see, they had gotten somewhat accustomed to, to God coming in the cool of the day and just walking with them, talking with them. Imagine how peaceful that must have been. Just walking with God like that. You know, how can that even, how can we can imagine? It's kind of like you go out early in the morning and nobody's around, not much anyway. It's so different in the morning. It's quiet. It's kind of like this room is getting right now. It's quiet. And there's this appreciation for the stillness. It's like settling. Or you go out at, at night, you know, and the stars are coming out, and it's just peaceful, serene. That Those moments are a reminder from God that that's the way we're intended to live, even in the middle of the day with all the chaos and all the, all the busyness and all the traffic and all the guys from New Hampshire. You know, this guy from New Hampshire, no kidding you, I think he was having a pure meltdown. Thank God I didn't see it because I, I couldn't see anything in my truck. But, um, yeah, I won't go into all that. But, boy, he was not, he, he did not, Jesus did not fill his truck that morning. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. So <laughs> he needed Jesus to fill his truck. But anyway, and I want to, I want to say something about that. Those experiences where God comes in, you know that is just the grace of God. Because we don't earn, you know, we don't earn those moments. It's not like you, you're, okay, you're the you know, former pastor. You spent, you know, all this time being pastor. So, I'm, you know, I, I, of course you have the right to have me show up, you know, in your truck once in a while. It's not like that. How many times has he showed up for you in different ways? How many times have you got an answer? You know, you've been crying out for direction and you didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, there's this peace that settles over you and you're able to make a decision and move forward. That's the grace of God releasing his wisdom into your life. Those of you that have raised children, how many times have you, have you just blown it? I have blown it so many times with my kids, especially when they're younger. I, I'm I'm a way better dad now that they're old and they don't need me to need me so they don't need me the same way. You know. But it's the grace of God that interjects himself into our moments, into our day by day. And he empowers us to make a difference. Each one of you are wired by God to make a difference. I'm in the marketplace now. Very rarely am I in a pulpit. And I'm getting used to it. It's a big transition. I'm getting used to it. But you know, there's a, there's a calling to the marketplace. And so many of you in this room are in the marketplace every single day. And I really believe that the Lord would want you to know that you're one of those lights. You're one of those people that goes into... Now, I can't describe what happened to the Krusty O'Mainer crane guy. But I know that God had, had changed the atmosphere and the environment for that morning. 
I believe that description is what God is releasing each and every one of us into the marketplace to experience on a daily basis. Just by having Jesus in your life, you don't have to be a perfect Christian. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be a former whatever pastor guy. But what you have to do is recognize, what you do need to do is recognize, Jesus, you're amazing. And because of you in my life, there's authority and power and wisdom and influence that I don't even know that is happening. So I want you to see yourself as you go into the, the marketplace this week. I want, you to, I want you to see yourself as the one that's carrying light. And you might not even see the light. It's not like you're, you're holding some light and, all of it, and you see the darkness. It's going to be in the middle of the day. The darkness is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual cloud. And it envelops people. It envelops our our culture, our communities. But every believer that steps into a community, that steps into a marketplace situation, you are bringing light. You are bringing, you are a representation of the kingdom of God. And you are taking him into the marketplace. You go to a chiropractor. And because of what Jesus' influence has done in your life, that chiropractor encounters something that he's not accustomed to. You might not even be comfortable like preaching. I don't, I don't preach to people hardly ever. Hardly ever. Unless it's like God knocks me upside the head and says, say something to them. <laughs> I don't, I just, that's just, I don't do that. And I've been a preacher my whole life. But our influence is sometimes not what we say. It's him living through us. He's the influence. He's the influence. Sometimes we talk too much and get in the way. We turn people off. and like, what in the world is this guy about? And Jesus' presence, the Holy Spirit, goes before us and paves the way before us. And he paves the way for people to get to him. And he'll use us. You guys that are going to college, going to school, you're a believer. Sometimes it's extremely difficult to live for Christ in that marketplace. This is a tough culture. The Northeast is a tough culture. This isn't Fayetteville, North Carolina, where everybody thinks they're a Christian. And they know everything about, you know, whatever. It's just like natural. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Sometimes it's easier up here. It's like either you are or you aren't, you know. Yeah, you're probably not. (laughs) So here God is coming in the cool of the day and and, kind of got sidetracked there. And uh, he's talking with them, interacting with them. And the enemy came and, and put that wedge in there, didn't he? And the whole thing changed and shifted. And now all of a sudden, what they had been given authority and dominion to do, they handed that authority over to the enemy. And now the, the authority that, the, that Adam and Eve and their generations to come was to carry into the earth 
that authority was released to the enemy. And that's when the chaos came. They were removed from the garden. One, because God loved them so much, He didn't want them to eat of the tree of life. He didn't want them to live forever in that lost state. And so they were removed from the garden and life got really difficult for them. And so it move, we move on through that. We understand the, the fall of humanity. In Hebrews 9.22, it begins to kind of talk us through Hebrews chapter 9. It says, according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So this dilemma that they were in couldn't be fixed by just saying, oh, I'm sorry. There had to be a, there had to be a game changer, if you will. And the game changer was going to be the shedding of blood. And we know the Old Testament system, the priest would do the thing and they would shed the blood of thousands of animals over the years, just thousands and thousands and thousands of animals. Once a year, they would have the big sacrifice and, and their sins would be covered for, for this next part of the, you know, the, the next cycle. But it was a temporary fix. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a, the real deal. It was a temporary fix. And it was the law. And the law got messy. And they added to the law. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. And, 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 and life got chaotic. You know, the religious system became the religious system. And it became harsh. And it became cold and, and lifeless. And, and they were living out a, a, a bunch of rules and regulations. And it was just chaotic, really. One group was representing the kingdom in one way and another group was representing and the enemy was in there doing his thing and it was just a big mess, really. We needed Jesus to come. They knew he was coming. It had been prophesied that Jesus would come and for generations they waited for him to come. Those that were not willing to just embraced the chaotic system, knew that there was something better than what they were experiencing. They read the prophetic, you know, declarations through the, through the Old Testament of, of Jesus, the Messiah coming, and they longed for that day. In fact, as the, the, the word says that the whole earth groaned with expectation that it would be set free because it wasn't supposed to be in the condition that it was in. It was all a lie. It was all, it was all not the way things were supposed to be. And there was a, this great expectation that there would be a deliverance come. And then they began to think about what that deliverance would be like. And so they had all these images of what deliverance would be because they really had no basis. They had no understanding. And so eventually... He came. God's plan through Jesus was to bring order out of chaos. And how many of you have, have experienced the word in John 3.16? Everybody knows that. Maybe. If you've ever watched Billy Graham, you know it. He's the master of John 3.16. And now Franklin's carrying on for, for him. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's intention for us, one, is for us to live in such a way that we would have eternal life. He wants us to have eternal life. He wants us to be good for eternity. But He also wants us to have eternal life on the inside of us because He knows that that's what we're depositing when we take Him into the marketplace. Eternity. The Scripture says in Psalms, I think it is, that we have eternity in our hearts. It's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. There's this this thing. That's why crusty old Maynard Friday had to respond to the presence of God that was on that environment, not because any other thing that we were doing. He just showed up that day. God just showed up that day. And he wanted the, the experience that we were going to have to be a good one. And it was. And he experienced it. But what that was, I believe, was the expression of the kingdom of God released into the earth through us. It's what he wants to do. It's what he came to do. To set us free. Not just so that we could have eternal life one day. Our life is going to stink for the whole time. And then one day we can go to heaven and it's going to be okay then. I don't, I don't like that teaching or whatever. I don't, I don't, that's, not, that's not kingdom to me. God's put eternity in our hearts so that we can live eternity right now. That we can share the blessings of the kingdom the life of God. People need to know that there's something worth living for. There's a God-sized hole, I believe, in every person's life. It needs to be filled with Him. You can't fill it with anything else. But when you get it filled with God, there's a transformation that takes place. Jake, why are you a, a, a leader in this region now for the kingdom in a way that you never was before? It's because God came in and, and, and you let him fill the God-sized hole in your heart and your life and your business and your world and now your family has been transformed because of the power of God. That's what he wants to do with all of us. When Jesus came into my life and said, go do this for me, it wasn't about the assignment. It was about God filling that that hole in my life to where my life could now make sense. It didn't mean that I was perfect from that moment on. God knows far from it. I've made so many mistakes that I don't even have time to tell you all of the mistakes. And I don't want to bore you with all the details. Although some of you might be interested. (laughs) We are humans, right? We are, you know, we get messy. That's what prayer meetings sometimes get. Help me, Jesus. Find stuff out in a prayer meeting. How easily we get distracted. And so God's releasing you filled with Him into the earth to make a difference. The marketplace is going to be different because of who's in you. But you have to partner with that. You have to partner with that. I would say come into agreement with that. Father, I want to partner with you. I want to make a difference in the marketplace. I want to carry your kingdom 
everywhere I go. I don't want to be the same person that I've always been. I want to be somebody that can carry your light, your influence really is what it is, the influence of God into the darkness of our region. Do you know that God has put this region in our heart for the, from the beginning? And as I was listening to him last week and as we sat in the board meeting the other night, it just really dawned on me that that whole desire to influence not just Camden or Rockport, but this whole entire region is heavily in his heart. God's called us to this region. He's called us to all the... There's, I've been to places since I've been working with Terry and Shed City. I've been to places that I didn't even know existed. And I've lived on the mid-coast a lot, most of my life, other than the time that I was away. That makes sense, I guess. <laughs> John 10.10 10 says, and I love this scripture, and it says... The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and more abundant life. So the abundant life is, is now. It's not just eternity. It's now. And it, ha- it comes in many different ways. It doesn't mean that you're just going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise all the time. It simply means that there's abundance in your heart. That when you're going through tough times, when you're going through difficult times, you have abundance in your heart. And that abundance is the kingdom. That abundance is Jesus. And He's going to rise up above your stuff. He's going to rise up above your pain. He's going to rise up above the impossible stuff that comes into your life. And He's going to shine through you. One, He's going to bring healing and hope and restoration to you. Because He loves you. But then that's just going to keep spreading to the people around you because that's its intention is to not just love you and heal you and restore you, but to heal others through you, restore others through you, influence others through you everywhere you go. You say, well, I'm just, my whole life is chaotic. Well, you know, our earth is chaotic, you know, and we're in this world. But Jesus, the word says, I don't know if Jesus said or not, but the word says we're in this world, but we're not of this world. In other words, we're part of a broken system, but we don't have to be broken. We don't have to stay broken. God's wanting to bring restoration to us week after week after week, but he doesn't want us to stop there. I'll say it again. He wants us to realize that he's healing me so that I can be a blessing to the people that I'm being sent to. Even if we're just going to fix somebody's roof. Even if we're just going to put a coating on the blue board around their foundation. It doesn't really matter. That lady was so happy when we put that coating around the blue board of her house. It was finally done. That was the last step. Spread a little mud. You'd thought we'd just given her a brand new house, which I guess we did. Amazing. Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians, chapter 2, read from verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and by nature the children of wrath, just as others... But God, 
Powerful, powerful moment right there. Statement. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kingdom toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and not not of yourself. It is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. And I have preached this scripture so many times, the people that know me are probably like, again, really? But I love this scripture because to me, it embodies all of what I've said this morning. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What does that word mean? Workmanship. We are his workmanship. What does that mean? Do you know that that word, the root word of that is really, it's poema, which is poem. Like, I'm a poem. I don't want to be a poem. Well, The word signifies that which is manufactured, a product, a design produced by an artisan, artist, right? An artisan. It emphasizes God as the master designer and the universe as his creation and the redeemed believer as his new creation. Before conversion, our lives had no rhyme or reason. Conversion brought us balance. Get this. Conversion brought us balance, symmetry, and order. We are God's poem, his work of art. So in closing this morning, in closing that workmanship, God's work of art, please see yourself as a work of art. Humanity has the ability, the the insane ability to be able to pick out the worst about ourself and others without even trying. It's like as natural as breathing. You ever gone to the fair and they do a caricature of somebody? You know, they, what they would do, they would have like a really, look at that, that long, that nose would be like way out here because they pick your most dominant, these ears, took a while to create them ears, but they would be like way out here. Passed them on, <laughs> passed them on to, my, to my boys. A boy. <laughs> they pick out your most dominant features and they build a caricature of your most dominant and mostly the ones you don't like the most about yourself. <laughs> That's a lot of times what we can do about to one another, pick out the most negative features and we rehearse those negative features. That's not what God does. If God had wanted me to have small ears, he would have given me small ears. For some reason, he wanted me to have big ones. God bless America. (laughs) Wear them proudly, son. Better to hear you with. God has uniquely fashioned you 
and made you in his likeness and image. He's put giftings on the inside of you. And so whatever those positive traits are, whatever those giftings are, don't let yourself or anybody else rehearse to you and bring to your attention what you are not. Let God expose to you what he's created you to be. All of those strengths, all of those amazing features, and build that caricature in of yourself, to yourself, on those things. What are they? What are you good at? What do you like to do? What have you become because you've reverted to or just accepted the expectations of other people? Maybe you're trying to live out the expectations of other people and you're not really who you're supposed to be right now. What is it that you love to do? What is it that makes you sing? What is it that makes you be filled with joy? Take another look. Take another look. God wants you to see the things that he's created you to love as a part of his design. You are a masterpiece. You're amazing. You're beautiful. He loves you. Like more than you can ever imagine that somebody would love you, God loves you. He's like not, he doesn't wake up in the morning if he wakes up. I don't know, he probably doesn't sleep. It's like Terry, never sleeps. And say, wow, I, I don't know what I was thinking when I made her. Gosh, that, was, that was not a good day. What we got? Holy Spirit, do you remember that one? We got to do maybe a do over. Roll the clock back. That never, ever, ever happens or ever will happen. He loves his creation, he made you. He created you. He fashioned you. He gave you gifts. Our responsibility is to recognize what they are and embrace them. Allow them to become really strong in us and then give it away. Give it away. Because what he's made you good at, he's created you to influence the culture around you with that gift. Okay? So, I'm going to leave you with a question. Like Vicky would want me to. What is your gift? So you learn stuff from people around you. I didn't know that you're supposed to. That's, that's part of communication. It's leaving your audience with a question to answer. Never did that until I met her. She's like, learned something new. Because of the gifting that's on her life. Not sure what your personality structure is. Not sure what your giftings are. Not sure of all of that. You need to talk to that woman. She's a master at it. She's got materials and things that will help you to figure out some of the basics of your structure, your wiring, your temperament. She can understand yourself and understand how you were created. I have been to her for counseling. In the last four years, I said, you know what? I am 
not capable of figuring this out on my own. So I went to another part of the body that had a strength that I don't have, and I asked for help. That's the way God designed it. It's so amazing. I don't have to try to figure out all that stuff. I just have to ask her. <laughs> I could never figure out all that stuff. I just ask her. All right, we're done. So the question is this morning, what has God gifted me to do? What has God given me that I really love and enjoy that I can be fulfilled in myself but also release into the generation around me? God, what have you given me that will influence the culture, the environment, the marketplace that you've assigned me to for this season. Let's stand. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for interacting with us at such a human level. Thank you for working in us in spite of all of our failures and faults and in inconsistencies and idiosyncrasies and all of the stuff like that. Thank you, Lord, for coming into our room, coming into our truck, coming into our environment and and bringing order to chaos. Thank you for those moments where If you don't show up, it doesn't seem like we're going to make it. Father, I just believe that there's some people in this room this morning that they're right at that spot where they desperately need to know that what we've ministered today is for them, that that you have created a path for them, that you have called them to be the light shining in the darkness in the environment that you've assigned them to. Father, I ask as they search their hearts throughout this this day and throughout this week, Lord, reveal to each one that gifting and that anointing that's on their life. If they've just taken on the persona of somebody else and they're not truly being who you've destined them to be, Lord, give them the courage to shed that persona of somebody else's expectation and step into what you've truly called and gifted them to be. Thank you, Lord, for anointing us to accept your way and to walk in your way, to be fulfilled by your way, and to expect that our influence is going to transform the culture around us. Father, I just want to release this body today in strength. I thank you, Lord, for hope rising in them, for life, for purpose, for destiny being awakened. Lord, for the, 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 the ability to influence, to be awakened in them. Father, truly set us free as we walk from this place today. Thank you for all that you have done Thank you for all that you are doing. Thank you for amazing teams of worshipers here and 
and media people and the greeters and the ushers and all the people that are involved in helping and those that come faithfully week after week and absorb your word and take it into the marketplace. God, thank you for this congregation. Give us wisdom, Lord, to know how to expand. God, give us wisdom to know how to grow and develop. God, so that we can reach this region for your glory, for your honor. God, help us to be an encouragement to other ministers and ministries around this area. Father, we pray for them right now in Jesus' name. God, if they're preaching your word, let, let, let an awakening happen in them. Father, that we can expand the kingdom quicker in this region. God, not everybody needs to come to this place, God, to be transformed. God, let there be multiple lighthouses in this region where lives can be transformed, that pastors would just be inspired by your word and to be, to, to be releasing the truth of your word on a weekly basis. Thank you, Lord, for multiplying our efforts all about this region. And we thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy being released to us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.